Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello everyone, my name is Nick and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together, we can make a difference. No crackers, Gromit. We've forgotten the crackers. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. Hi everyone, I'm Emma. Welcome to Verbal Diorama, episode 193, A Grand Day Out. This is a podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And as always, welcome to Verbal Diorama, whether you are a brand new listener to this podcast, whether you are a regular returning listener. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing this podcast for the history and legacy of A Grand Day Out. But this is a really special episode. It's actually the first of five very special episodes because this podcast is now four years old. Can you believe it? I know I can't. Back in February 2019, I released the very first episode of Verbal Diorama. It was on the movie Titan AE. And honestly, I never thought I would still be doing this four years later. So I always like to try and give you, the listeners, something special for the birthday episodes of this podcast. And I wanted to really kind of give you the ultimate gift. And to me, the ultimate gift can only be Wallace and Gromit. Not just one episode on Wallace and Gromit, but five episodes of Wallace and Gromit. Starting with Nick Park's first Wallace and Gromit short, A Grand Day Out. Tomorrow, you'll get another episode on The Wrong Trousers. Wednesday, On a Close Shave. Thursday, the feature-length Curse of the Were-Rabbit. And finally, Friday will be a matter of loaf and death. This episode is the eighth episode of Animation Season 2023. It follows The Nightmare Before Christmas, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, Inside Out, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, The Emperor's New Groove, Perfect Blue, and The Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. And obviously, a huge thank you if you've listened to any or all of those episodes. I am constantly blown away and amazed by the feedback that I get for doing this podcast. Just 
lovely comments and lovely reviews and it really honestly makes my day because I do work really hard on this podcast. It takes up an incredible amount of my time and I genuinely love doing this podcast. Else I wouldn't have been doing it for four years now. I am in the middle of something called animation season. And one of the reasons that I like to do animation season every year is not only because I like to cover animated movies, but I like to dispel the myths that a lot of people have about animation. Mostly that it's just for children, which it is not just for children. And also that animation is often mislabeled as a genre, especially on streaming services. But animation is just a medium. It is a medium for all ages and its contents can be of any genre. Wallace and Gromit, though, is very quintessentially British. They are icons of the British film industry. They are well recognised across the world. But how did it all start? So let's go into the history and legacy of Wallace and Gromit. And we're going to start with the trailer for A Grand Day Out. From the Academy Award-winning director of The Wrong Trousers, it's Wallace and Gromit, and they're planning their next vacation. That's it, cheese. We'll go somewhere where there's cheese. And where's the best place to get the most delicious cheese? Everybody knows the moon's made of cheese. Your whole family will love the delightful animation and charming characters in Nick Park's second hilarious adventure, starring the lovable Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> this time, they're taking an interplanetary journey on a homemade rocket. A grand day out. The LA Times says that Nick Parks ranks among the best clay animators of his generation. You'll say it's an out-of-this-world video. Take your family on an outer space ride they'll never forget with Wallace and Gromit in a grand day out. Coming soon from BBC Video. It's like no cheese I've ever tasted. Wallace and his dog Gromit are looking for a last-minute holiday destination and they decide to stop for tea and crackers. Their plans are interrupted when they discover that they are out of cheese. In a moment of inspiration, Wallace decides to combine the two ideas and travel to a natural source of cheese, the moon. Now, normally at this point, I would run through the cast of the movie. However, there is literally one person in this cast and that is the late, great Peter Salis, who provides the voice of Wallace. A Grand Day Out was written by Nick Park and Steve Rushton, and it was directed by Nick Park. So considering I'm doing five episodes, I am going to try and keep these episodes as detached as possible. So they'll hopefully tell an individual story of each Wallace and Gromit film rather than repeat information. With that in mind, I will say I'm not aiming for a particular length for these episodes. They are going to be however long they're going to be. Curse of the Were-Rabbit, I'm aiming to be a full-length episode, so around the 45-minute mark, but I don't know how long these episodes on the short films are actually going to be. So let's just get cracking, Gromit. The story of Wallace and Gromit, specifically A Grand Day Out, began in 1982. Nick Park was studying at the National Film and Television School in Beaconsfield. This is where he met Julian Knott, the composer who would do all of Wallace and Gromit's theme music going forward. Park had been sketching and writing short stories about a man with flat cap and his cat, yes, cat, not dog, 
He undertook a three-week work experience at Elstree Studios, and after seeing the special effects creation at Elstree, when it came to his final year graduation project, he decided he wanted to animate a short film based on these two characters. And so, as part of his thesis, he crafted a story about a man who builds a rocket to fly to the moon. Hefty ambitions for a final year student, but Nick Park was determined. He changed the cat to a dog because he found dogs were easier to animate, and he wrote to William Harbert's plasticine company to request 1,000 kilograms of plasticine to complete his stop-motion animation project. Harbert was the inventor of plasticine. He'd invented it around 1897. He'd received his trademark in 1899, and he set his company up in 1900 in Bathampton. Originally, you could only get grey plasticine, but eventually other colours were produced, and Harbert would travel around schools and market it as a children's toy. The doors of Harbert's plasticine factory closed for good in 1983. Once he received his plasticine, Park started sculpting the two characters. Wallace, loosely based on Park's father, an eccentric inventor who often creates elaborate contraptions that usually have to be fixed, or the situation resolved by his ever-faithful companion Gromit, named after Gromits, after Park's electrician brother mentioned them and Nick Park liked the word. Wallace was originally named Jerry and worked as a postman, but Jerry and Gromit wasn't working. After seeing a Labrador called Wallace on a bus, he realised he had his name and Jerry would become Wallace. In 1983, Nick Park wrote to actor Peter Salis and offered him £50, the equivalent of £431 in 2023 money, to provide the voice for Wallace. And he was surprised when Salis said yes and insisted on sending in an audition tape. Originally, Park wanted Wallace to have a Lancastrian accent, but Salis could only do Yorkshire. Nick Park would go on to say, quote, He was my first and only choice for Wallace. His silliness started the moment he greeted you at the door and didn't stop when the mic was switched off. He had naturally funny bones and was a great storyteller, unquote. The way Salis said cheese also influenced how Wallace's mouth would widen. The voice for Gromit was originally going to be Peter Hawkins, and Hawkins did record lines, but the idea of Gromit being able to speak was scrapped by Park. In fact, Gromit essentially doesn't have a mouth, although he does occasionally pick things up with his mouth. Instead, Gromit is largely silent, has no dialogue, and communicates through facial expressions and body language. And this makes him one of the most communicative and expressive non-verbal stop-motion characters ever to exist. In news that will come to no one, stop-motion animation is long and laborious, especially if you're working alone. Nick Park worked on his project for a year and a half, and as it happened, Peter Lord and David Sproxton, the founders of Ardman Animation, were visiting the National Film and Television School for a talk. Park approached them and told them what he was working on, and showed them what he was working on, and showed them the construction of the rocket sequence. 18 months of work later, and he still hadn't finished what was just a paragraph on paper. Lord and Sproxton realised a couple of things at this point. Firstly, that Nick Park was incredibly talented, but secondly, that this project was far too ambitious for one person's graduation project. And so they made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. They offered him a job at Ardman in 1985. Nick Park would go on to work in their animation department, on commercials, and also on Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video. In exchange, he would get studio time and additional resources to finish his Wallace and Gromit short. This meant a change to his original plans for a 40-minute short film. 
A whole sequence on the moon was removed, a sequence where Wallace and Gromit would find a fast food restaurant. Park would say, quote, originally Wallace and Gromit go to the moon and there's a whole lot of characters there. One was a parking meter attendant and the only one that remained, the robot cooker character, but there were also aliens and all sorts. There was even a McDonald's on the moon and it was going to be a spoof on Star Wars. Wallace would get thrown in prison and Gromit had to get him out. By the time I came to Ardman, I had just started the moon sequence and somebody told me it will take another nine years to do that. I had a reality check and cut the scene. Somehow I had to tie up the story on the moon and finish the film, unquote. In total, the film would take six years and cost £11,000 to complete. And when Peter Salis received a phone call from Nick Park in 1989 to explain the film was finished and being released, Salis had totally forgotten about his involvement and used a swear that rhymes with duck we. While Parks working at Ardman, Channel 4 hired them to animate Vox Pops from the general public, most memorably an acquaintance of Parks from Brazil, who was constantly complaining about how chilly it was in London, and this inspired him to come up with the idea of having animals in the zoo speak for themselves. This character evolved into a depressed lion that was slumped over on a branch. This would become Creature Comforts, and it's something that Park would receive his first Oscar for in 1990. Wallace and Gromit would not only change Nick Park's life, it would also help a cheese factory. The Wensleydale Cheese Factory was about to declare bankruptcy. Wallace mentioning the cheese reinvigorated sales and the factory was saved. A Grand Day Out with Wallace and Gromit, to give it its original title, had its world premiere on the 4th of November 1989 at Bristol's Arnolfini Gallery before making its debut in the US on the 18th of May 1990. And on the 24th of December 1990, it was broadcast on Channel 4 in the UK. It is currently available to stream on the BBC iPlayer for free. And along with Creature Comforts, a grand day out became a hot topic of conversation as they both surprised both Ardman and the public by receiving Academy Award and BAFTA nominations for Best Animated Short Film. And although Creature Comforts ultimately took home the prize for the Best Animated Short Film Oscar, Wallace and Gromit would take the BAFTA. It must be nice to lose an Oscar to yourself. It was clear that the pair had won the hearts of the people and the following short film didn't take long to start production, but that's a story for the next episode. A Grand Day Out was followed in the series by 1993's The Wrong Trousers, 1995's Close Shade, 2005's The Curse of the Were-Rabbit and 2008's A Matter of Loaf and Death. I am going to be coming to all of these this week. A Grand Day Out might look pretty rudimentary compared to its fellow shorts, but the fingerprints add to its charm. It makes it feel handmade and special because it is both. The ambition on display for what's essentially a student film is phenomenal. It's like, how can this movie be considered basic? It's not. It's terrific. It has a rocket that goes to the moon, a moon made of cheese, a robot that loves to ski, and little mice with sunglasses. Wallace and Gromit are linchpins in not only British film history, but also Aardman's history and the history of animation. And it would get even better too. Join me tomorrow for The Wrong Trousers. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on A Grand Day Out. This episode is a little bit different to normal episodes. I'm not going to be doing comments. I haven't planned an obligatory Keanu reference, but I will say that everyone would love A Grand Day Out with Keanu. But mostly just thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me if you have over the last four years of this podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode and you want to help this podcast grow, 
You can leave a rating or review wherever you found this episode. You could follow me on social media. I'm at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, Hive, Mastodon and Post. And retweeting or liking posts on social media always helps too. Or you could simply tell your friends or family about this podcast. Quick shout out to the amazing patrons of this podcast. I could not do what I do without your support. And finally... Bye.